0: Alright, we thought it would be another month's break, and uh, then we would uh, start to meet again in little numbers, but uh, you know what, it doesn't matter if we're 5 or 10, the word of God says we're 2 or 3 of us are gathered, there in the midst of us, uh, it's not always about the numbers, but it's great for welcome to we tell you guys here, visitors for the first time, great to see all the old faces again, and the baby's all grown up, and everyone's getting much better looking than before, you know? Just a few things, just a bit of honor tomorrow night. Don't forget um, the Cathy. they're doing on Tuesday. They're doing uh, Women of Swords, Girls of Swords. Don't forget that. Then also the Leadership Development Group will be meeting on Wednesday night. We'll give you a little bit more detail tomorrow. And then Friday night is youth. started up again on Friday night. So make use of that, moms. Get rid of your kids on a Friday night. Um, Brandon was nearly full house here on Friday night. So it was really good to see how many kids rocked up. I, I want to chat around uh, uh, something this morning, and it's, it's something that is just be stirring my heart for a little bit, it's, especially in the season we I mean, I'm really not going to go down amidst the thinking to I don't want to go down, but to where we're in right now, but I really want to share this morning on, on, on the message of holding to the promises of God. You know, I think it's so often in, in church life, and, and not just in church life, but I think in all of our lives we go through this, these seasons where, um, how do we put it, we're H-A-P-P-Y the one season, and then we don't get depressed the next season. It's like we feel like we're just doing these waves, like, you know, one minute you, you just feel you've got victory, and the next minute you feel like everything is falling to pieces again, and we don't always understand, always know why things happen the way they do. And I think at times we get very frustrated, and at times we feel disappointed in ourselves, and sometimes we almost critical of ourselves because of where we're going. You know, a lot of people uh, will turn around and go, No, as Christians, you should not be in a bad mood, or, No, as a Christian, you should not be, you know, moping around or going through hardship. But every one of us, whether we like it or not, are human beings. And whether we like it or not, there's an the emotional side, and a spiritual side, and a physical side to our lives. And whether it doesn't matter how saved you are, it doesn't matter for how many years you've been saved, you know, the Word of God clearly says that that we will endure persecution, even as believers. Even as believers, we're going to go through tough times. And you know, the tough times are the things that define us, but it's also the tough things, the tough times are the things that make us. And, and I want us to get a hold of that this morning, because as much as this COVID and, and everything has been a really hard challenge, For most of us and we've lost loved ones, we've lost family members and you know, we've seen what's happening in the world out there. We've got two choices. You know, either we can get in our little canoe and we can row to the island of self pity and go, Woe to me or we can simply turn and say, God, whatever it is that you need me to learn or where I need to be strengthened in the season, Father, will you do that? And I think as believers that's where we're meant to be because the Lord of God says we go from glory to glory. And so whether you like it or not you're going to grow in who you are as a person you're going to grow in who you are as a believer you're going to grow as a father you're going to grow as a mother you're going to grow as a wife you're going to grow as a husband if you have the mindset that you want to grow now i've got to say a mistake because a lot of people we tend to just settle a lot of people we just like well i gave my life to god and everything's been good and i read my father i say my prayers and so we have this good place But we don't understand that God wants to take us to the next thing and to the next level and to the next season in our lives. But we can never go to the next season or the next time in our lives if you and I don't comprehend what God is doing in this season in our lives right now. And if I to ask you to put up your hands this morning, how many of you this morning would honestly say to me, well, I haven't been affected over the last 18 months? Who hasn't hit a high and who hasn't hit a low in the last couple of months? Who has, times, just wanted to give up? You know, I'd say, well, you know, is this all worth it? It's like, we've slain our entire life just to die and then that's it. But we don't understand that God has a purpose and God has a plan and God is according upon our life. And I was challenged this week in two areas in my life as I was reading the scriptures this week. And I, I know last week it was on Luke, but I'm going to go back to Luke again. I want to go to Luke 24. Today And it's an old story that that, uh, I think we've preached a number of times, but I think it's times where we skip over what God really wants to say in your life and in my life. And it's a story, and and let me just give you a pretext what happened. Uh, We're going to understand something that Jesus now was arrested, he was put on trial, he was crucified, he died, they put him in a tomb, alright, on the third day, the, 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 the Mary and they went to go find Jesus in the tomb. When they got there, the tomb was empty. The stone had been rolled away. The word says that they actually saw that the grave closed, or the cloth was still inside um, of, the, of, the, of the, the, the grave. And then there was a vision of two angels that appeared to Mary and said simply, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? And so that's the whole setup that boils up to chapter 24. But chapter 24 and from verse 13 takes a whole different context and he starts to speak about two disciples and 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 it's okay let me read read this to you and i'll give you a background to it all right so i'm going to read from chapter 13 i'm sorry chapter 24 verse 13 and i want you to listen it says and now behold two of them were traveling in the same on the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from jerusalem And as they talked together, all of these things, which had just happened. So it was while they were conversing and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know that it was him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you're having with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas, Cleopas I'm sorry, answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger to Jerusalem? Have you not known the things that have happened these days? And he said to them, What things? All right, then he, say, he said to them, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned and death and crucified him. But we were hoping look at that but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem israel indeed besides all of this today is the third day since these things have happened and yes certainly a woman of our humanity arrived at the tomb early and astonished us when they did not find his body they came saying that they had seen also seen a vision of angels who had said to them that he was alive And a certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but but him they did not see. Then he said, "O foolish ones, O slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken! Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter into glory?" And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all of the scriptures that are concerning him. And when they drew near to the village, They were going, he indicated he was going to go further, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in and stayed with them, and then it came to pass, that as they sat at the table with them, that he took bread, broke it, blessed it, and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Do not doubt did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us. And so they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven, those who were there, gathering together, and saying, The Lord is risen indeed. He has appeared to Simon, and they told us about the things that he had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. It's an incredible story. It's an incredible story in a few passages. In the sense of that Cleopas is one of the disciples, one of the followers of Jesus. Now you can understand something, these were men and women, alright, that experienced God. They had experienced the miracles. They had seen the signs and the wonders. They had seen Lazarus come out of the tomb. They had seen the 5,000 and the 3,000 be fed. They had seen 3,000 come to knowledge of Jesus. They had encountered everything. The amazing part of the story was, is that these two, a lot of people say it was Cleopas and his wife, all right, that were traveling. But there's no proof of that. But that had been there to the very end. In fact, they were there right up to the place where Jesus was placed in the tomb. So they had encountered everything that had happened. They had heard the prophetic words that Jesus had shared. He had told them what was about to happen. He had told them that the route he was going to go. He told them how he was going to die. He told them how he was going to rise, raise from the dead. And now we find these two? Now, there's, 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 there's a few things that caught me in this. And the one thing that caught me that they said this was this. And early on the third day, as they were traveling. Now, now, I want to mention that because, you know, so often we have promises that God gives us. So often we have prophetic words that God gives us. So often people come up and say, well, you know what? I believe God is this for you, or God has a purpose for you, or God is going to do this in your life, or, or God is going to do that in your life. But sometimes we bail just too soon. Who knows what I'm talking about? Uh, often we just miss the timing of God simply because our time is not his time. And his time is not our time. You've got to understand something. The third day had not been completed yet. Jesus said, I would be, I would rise on the third day. And he was saying, and it's the third day now. They actually said to Jesus, well it's the third day now and nothing has really happened. And in the same breath they say to him, but a woman that was in our company went to the tomb and found it empty, but he was not there. We were really hoping that he would be the Redeemer of Israel. You know what popped into my head this week as I read the scripture? I, I love the piece where it says that they were traveling along the road. And Jesus appeared to them, but they did not recognize him. And and I, and I sat on my bed with my sermon, because that's obviously the best place to write sermons. I do want you be. all bosses had But I sat there and I thought to myself, this question popped into my head. How different would our conversations be if we knew that he was in the room? How different would our lifestyle be if we get to the place to know that he will never leave us nor forsake us? How different? Would our conversations be one to the you know what the great thing is? Have you ever just got into a Jesus conversation with some friends? And, and and in the middle of that Jesus conversation, Jesus just rocks up. Who knows what I'm talking about? You can just sense the presence of God in that conversation. Yeah. But yet they're walking with Him. And amazingly, is that Jesus always meets us somewhere at our place of need. You know, it doesn't matter what we go through, He meets us at our place of need. But the challenge to me in the scripture was this, that they had seen the goodness of God before their eyes, and yet they were the very ones that were doubting whether what He had prophesied, and what they had seen, and what had been written in the scriptures was true. And when I read the scripture this week, it just started to pound something in my chest. Because I asked myself the question, how many times has God been good to you, Kurt? How many times has God come through for you? How many times has He lifted you out of the Maori clay? How many times, Kurt, were you were dead and buried in your sin, and yet He rocked up? How many times, Kurt, were you faced with a situation that looked absolutely 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 impossible but jesus but jesus that he's always there yes and that time isn't perfect and he doesn't rock up when he wants us to rock up and he's always there at, at 11 59 you know just before midnight hour but he never never lets us down now you got to understand something we don't always understand why things happen the way they do i think if you and i understood the mind of god if you and i understood what god was doing if you and i could see the future i wonder what kind of people we would really be and in the same breath i want to say this but we do know the future we do know the future why because the word of god says that when we commit our ways to him what happens the word of god says that he Directs our path. And how often do you and I honestly commit our ways to God? How often do you and I actually commit our anger and our frustration to God? How many of us actually come and bring our disappointments to God? You know what? You know that when we just feel that God has let us down, you know, we just got everyone, you know, that we're really disappointed in God right now. You know, I looked at a while ago, I, I don't understand why we came from this again, Chapel. You know, I I don't understand why and often we go through stuff over and over again because we never learn the lesson in it. You see, we never learn the lesson in our tough situations because the answer that it gives us is not always the answer we want to hear. You see, we want everything to be peaches and roses. We want everything just to be perfect in our lives. You know, we want God to answer our prayer like this. We want to open the Bible and there must be revelation. All our problems must fall away tomorrow. You know, all our debt must just be canceled tomorrow. My wife must love me unconditionally tomorrow. We've got this list of this idea of what this perfect road should look like. The issue that you and I constantly have is that we are following this road that we believe that God has for us, but we never inquire of God what the road looks like that He really has for us. And sometimes those two lines or those two lives can run parallel. Sometimes they can be so close to each other. The thing that separates us thing is one is the desire that God has doing my life for me, or is the desire that I have my life for him? Think about it. I dropped my bottom. Think about it. Because so often, when we really want something from God, we want it in our time, we want it in our way, and we don't want to deal with the issues at hand. We want Him just to fix it. We just, we just want Him to fix it. Just sort it out, God, you know. Convert my ways to you. God, I'm not going to pray for us anymore. I need you. And we don't understand when things go horribly wrong. Then all of a sudden we get angry with God and we find these two walking on this road and they had seen the goodness of God like every one of you. Who has not encountered God in your life? Has God? Who has God not come through for in this room? And I'm not speaking about now. I'm speaking about when you were two tickies in a brick eye. I promise you that if you look back on your life, Look back on your life, and let me tell you something. You will see the hand of God at every corner, every turn in your life. That every bad decision, He works for the good, if you allow Him to. He restores marriages, He restores finances, He restores relationships, He restores friendship. And more than anything, He restores the relationship that you and I have with Him, no matter how bad we are. And he's still walking and they're busy discussing this thing going you know what we can't believe it. we saw him do this and we saw him do this and you know this happened and this happened and and, and, and i can't believe it's so early on the third day and nothing has happened why because they had this mindset all right that he was going to come as this reigning king that he was going to take the roman empire off the throne and that he was going to become the anointed king with a crown on his head and a kingdom. And that was the idea of a redeeming king. But we didn't for a minute understand that the redeeming king came to redeem us, that we can redeem the world through him. You see, we wanted the king to do everything. And we got a king that wanted us to do exactly what he's asked us to do. There's a big difference, there's a big difference. So these two are gutted, they are so disappointed. We've given three years of our lives in the same of Jesus. We followed him all over the place. You know, we had, we had to sleep outside so many nights because we were just waiting for him to put the crown on his head and be the Redeemer of Israel. And as I read that, I thought to myself, what were they thinking? These men and women that had been with Jesus. Because the only desire, as I listened to them here, the only desire was that he would redeem them from their situation. I might be wrong, but there was this little selfishness that I hear them speaking about. There was little thing like, he didn't really do it the way we wanted him to do it. You know, he didn't really become this king that we needed to become. You know, he wasn't this healer when I really needed a miracle. I, I was speaking to someone yesterday and and, and they were just saying to me, you know what it's like when you pray for people and everyone you pray for just dies? And I'm going, yes. <laughs> you know? We know what it feels like. And right in the beginning of my ministry, i never forget, uh, you know, 21 years ago, we started church and... We started ACES and it was great when we started to get these massive signs and wonders and miracles that were happening and people were falling over the place and people were getting saved and you know, people were being healed and it was fantastic. It was just like, wow, God, this is, this is just the most amazing time of my life. You know, and then all of a sudden, we find ourselves in the Word of God says that we go through these seasons in our lives. You know, He says the season to die, the season to be born, the season to laugh, the season to cry. If we go through these motions, but we went through our phase in my own right as, as a pastor, where all of a sudden it felt like everything stopped. It's like all of a sudden my prayers weren't being answered. You know, all of a sudden, you know, nobody was getting saved. And, and we were doing exactly same stuff. And, and we were doing exactly, you know, the same, the same program in a sense. But God, why does everything all of a sudden, like why is nothing happening in our lives? And we don't understand that those are the seasons where we have to become so reliant on God. Because I remember in that season, me wanting to make things happen. You know, I wanted to make things happen. And this had to be perfect, and this had to be perfect, and that had to be perfect. But I did not understand something, that in the season that I found myself in, it was the season where God wanted to equip me and strengthen me for the season to come. And I always say to people when I speak to them, this is how God works. You know, is that when we get radically say and oh, we give our love to Jesus, we've got this trend that seems to go up. You're not know I even mean? this graph, it's just going up. I mean, you people why, everything is great. You know, you love Jesus, Jesus loves you. You know, you're singing all these great songs. But then all of a sudden, we hit this plateau. And when we hit the plateau, there's other two things we can do. Either we can hit the panic and try and make things happen, all of a sudden, do this. Or in the season where we plateau when we say, God, what is it you want for me? Because I've learned something that when we're in the plateau, what we need to survive, He gave us in the last up. But what He's doing in the plateau is preparing us for the next up. And you see, many will stand on that plateau. Many will never move forward. Why? Because they don't want to deal with what is happening in their lives and try to understand. If you're going to try and understand the mind of God, I promise you, you're going to frustrate yourself. But it's so easy to understand the will of God. Because the will of God says that all should prosper and be well. And so we found these guys, they're walking all the street and, and Jesus appears to them and He says, what are you guys talking about? You know, and she's like, oh, what's up, guys? And they're like, oh, don't you know what has just been happening, you know, don't you hear about the story that was happening? This was an incredible testimony, a chance. For two people to tell the world or tell somebody about this great love that God has for them and this incredible miracle that happened and that He died and they went to the next day and the tomb was empty. But they didn't share it in Jesus in such a way that they were HAPPY. They shared it with Jesus who was double stranger to them in a place of, well, I felt like He almost disappointed us. You hear what I'm saying here? Hear what I'm saying here? Because often, we don't understand the the testimony of our power of our testimony. The power of what we say. You are two people that have encountered everything that God needed them to encounter, and they're walking with this man, Jesus, that's just going to turn this world upside down, and they're speaking to Him, their testimony as believers to Jesus wasn't that great. Because it was filled with all this doubt. And He said He would do this, and He said He would do this, and He said He would do this. And the Word of God says that Jesus starts to open up the Scriptures to them. And He starts to explain to them from Moses what would happen, and how time would turn, and, and how they would come into the kingdom. And I love when we go to, when we go to verse, we uh, read verse 25. And He turns around and He says to them, He says to them, oh foolish ones! And slow of heart to believe in all that prophets have spoken. Ought you not the Christ to have suffered these things and entered the glory? And he began teaching them from Moses, expounded to them the scripture, everything. and everything. Then they drew to the village. And when they were going, he indicated they they became further. But they constrained him, saying, abide with us. For it is towards evening, and the day is spent, and he went with them. And he came to pass, and as he sat down with them, he took bread, broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. When, When I read that, I thought, how many times have I missed the things of God? Because I didn't see him in it. Imagine sitting at the table with the King of Kings and you're not seeing it. You know what the amazing thing about the story is? Is that while I was growing up in my BC days, you know, before COVID, um, (laughs) (laughs) there's always this, this challenge in my life as a pastor. And, and I think many of you will understand it because there's a lot of responsibility that gets put on us. You know, some people would phone me at 10 o'clock at night saying, Well, you need to pray for my daughter right now. No, no, you can pray for your daughter right now. And, and I'm not being sarcastic, hear me? Yet, but we don't understand what He has done for us and what He has released upon us and in us. You see, there's a whole thing that happened here. There's 11 disciples meeting in a room somewhere, alright, that they're of gathering together. Mary is rocked up and said to them, listen, you're not going to believe this. Oh, I the tomb, it was empty. Peter runs out and he goes and checks it out and he realizes the tomb is empty and the clock is over there. And he has got these other two disciples that have gone in opposite direction and they are telling the story about how Jesus did not just come through for them kind of a thing. And how he reveals himself to him. The Word of God says that as he reveals himself to him, he actually disappears. Now if you read a little bit further, these two get up seven miles back to Jerusalem. They get to the disciples but they didn't have cell phones or WhatsApp in those days. And they run all the way back. It's from Yatavisko. It's from Yakovish building. That's how far they had to walk back. Alright? You go till them, And they're standing, listen to this, is, I this. They're standing with the disciples saying, guys, you're not going to believe this. We're walking with this guy. And the word of God says, and next minute, he appears to them in their midst. So these two have now seen him for the second time. You want to talk about being freaked out? The one scripture says he just came through the wall. He says the disciples were terrified because they believed they'd been seeing a spirit. I mean, I would be as well, honestly. I love Jesus. But if he becomes walking through that wall right now. I'm that way. I like guess he can't do But this is this is incredible scripture that I want you to get this morning. Yes, we came through hard times. Yes, things aren't going our way. Yes, we wish that we would turn around. Yes, we wish our business, we wish our marriage, we wish our relationship, we wish everything, we wish everyone would be better Covid would disappear on the face of the earth. We all got these prayers. We all feel like something is just not going our way right now but the problem is I don't want you to be like the two that go on the road to AMAS I don't want you to be that one that feels disappointed because God hasn't answered your prayer. I don't want you to be the one that you think God's not going to come through for you, or that God's going to punish you, or that God's going to destroy your life, or that God's going to kill you, or whatever. I don't want you to be one of those. I want you to be one of those that have seen the goodness of God, that have encountered the goodness of God, and that all you can speak about is the goodness of God and not how you believe that God has failed you. Let me tell you something, a negative will be a negative in your life as long as you allow it to be a negative in your life. And I promise you, if you dwell in the past, you will never have a future. Never. If you keep on saying, y'all but when this happened, y'all but when this... No, no, there's no but, because let me tell you something, there's absolutely zero that you can do about yesterday. But tomorrow is an open canvas for you. How many of us feel like these men and women on the road and We want to live in the past. We want to tell people what he used to do and what he could have done. And we don't tell people what he's doing and what he's about to do. Well, how are we going to get through this season? How are the church going to survive? How are our restaurants going to survive? How are we going to survive in this season? And I want to say this to you this week as I just prayed. And I said, God, I, I want to repent of being one of those two guys. (laughs) I have, I have. Let's be honest, we all have. But also there's that moment where I get on my knees and God just reveals himself to me. And all of us now look into the face of Jesus. And I know exactly what it is that he requires of me. You see, this is not our season to become despondent. This is not our season to become downtrodden. Yes, we're going to go through hardship. Yes, finance is going to be tough. Yes, marriage is going to be tough. Yes, all these things are going to be tough. Yes, they're going to be tough. But the Word of God says, Great is He that is in you than He that is in the world. And I I want to ask you today to rise up above your circumstances To rise up above your challenges. To rise up above your difficulties. To rise up above the things that seem absolutely impossible right now. Because with God, all things are possible. You see, don't let your inner human nature dictate to you the outcome of what God's about to do in your life. You're sitting here in this room today and you're alive. Some of you even carry extra life in you. (laughs) (laughs) It's our time. It's our time to. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's It's our time. To really stand up and be counted. It's our time to be bold. It's our time to be brave. It's our time to walk away from the things that hindered us for so long. and start to move into the things that God has for you. And that God has for me. You know in closing. In verse 32. There's this, this little scripture that always catches me. And it always catches me because sometimes we don't understand that as a believer, you're on duty 24-7. Can I, can I say that? Can I, can I close with that? You know, you, you, you can't be committed on a Sunday and go get absolutely hammered tomorrow night. And then Wednesday night, you guys be you your boyfriend with a baseball bat. But thank God, Thursday's worship practice <laughs> where I could just H-A-P-P-Y again, you know. And Saturday, kick the TV in and swear at the ref and every single bad springbuck player on the field. And Sunday morning, I praise the Arab, praise the Lord Your duty 24-7. I don't care if you're on the loneliest road in your life right now. Don't let it be about what he could have done. Let it be about what he's about to do. You see, because this one verse catches me every single time, and all these guys look at each other, listen to this, and he goes, and they say to another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened up the scriptures to us? Yo, I get goosebumps when I think about that, because I think to myself, How many times have I been so self-absorbed in my stuff that my heart didn't even realize that he was right next to me? That he's never left me. Never left me. He never left me. And the disciples, those two actually looking at each other going, are we idiots or what? (laughs) What is it with us? We walked with Jesus. We walked with the King of Kings and the Lord of Glory. We walked with this guy that brought a man out of a tomb. We walked with this man that saw a woman of issue of blood had been healed up. Uh, we walked with this man that healed people and saw them walking all over the place. He healed lepers. And you want to tell me after that all of those encounters with him, the minute that we turned and we walked, we did not encounter him because we did not see him. And that's the problem with us humans, because we always want an emotion attached to God. Well, we've got to have goosebumps, or we've got to fall over, or we've got to say some strange things, or we, we always want evidence of His presence. And yet, I am the evidence of His presence in my life. I am the one that's on the road to the Emmaus and I, and I pray and I trust God that if he meets me on that road, that I'm not going to be that one that says, oh, well, you know, you've only, but I'm going to be the one that you go, you don't understand, this guy changed my life completely. You see, the problem is sometimes we mess up, mess up so badly that we leave before the blessing. And what happened to these two people? The word of God says that immediately they had to turn around. And go back. Why? Because they missed him the first time. And sometimes in our lives we need to turn around and go back. Sometimes in our lives we need to sit down and go, what God has done for me and what has changed. Because every one of you have encountered a miracle here. So if you've encountered a miracle and you've seen God move in your life, and you've seen God heal, and you've seen God deliver, and you've seen God set free, then why, in goodness' name, are you going to doubt Him with your next prayer? Why are we going to doubt Him with our next miracle? Why are we going to doubt Him with our next healing? Why are we going to doubt Him with our next deliverance? We've seen it. We've seen the goodness of God. Now we need to live in the goodness of God. We need to live in what it is that God has for.. Deva, can you guys come up? I've been so challenged this week with this scripture. And the thing that has challenged me the most during this week is that verse 32, it says, simply, where they turned I said, Did not our hearts burn within us? You know, my prayer for you is this week, that doesn't matter where you wake up, doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter what you encounter, it doesn't matter what you face, it doesn't matter what you're going to go through, it doesn't matter what you're going to say, or see your year or do this week. I want you, right in that moment, to understand one thing. Allow your heart to burn for Him. Allow your heart to burn. Why? Because he's not your first choice. He's your only choice. He's not dependent on this vaccine. He's not dependent on the World Health Organization. He's not dependent on government. He's not dependent on anybody in church. He's dependent on you and me. I hear pastors standing up and going, you don't understand the government is going to close down the church. They're going to limit us to what we can preach. Let me tell you something. The only way that the government can close down the church, hey, Is when they closing down us because we are the church. And if we can be closed down, it's no one else's fault but our own. They took prayer out of schools and we were silent. They passed an abortion law and we were silent. They stopped Bible reading and praying schools and we were silent. And they're about to close down the church now that we are going to stand up, or we are going to lose it. And we cannot blame the government, and we cannot blame a new world order. Because let me tell you something, the Word of God said that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is within us. That anything that the enemy can declare, the dead on the one side, we can declare life on the other side. We saw a nation coming together three weeks ago, after all the looting. And I look at this, every color, every creed, every nationality, every religion coming together to be there for one another. Let me tell you something. When we get that kind of excitement and enthusiasm about our King, nothing will close down the church. Nothing. But oh, I pray. I pray this week that when you get on your knees, when you open the Word of God, I want to pray that your heart is going to burn, not because of this, your heart's going to burn because he's right next to you, because he's never left you and he's never forsaken you. Let's stand. Father, I want to thank you for this morning. At times many of us in this room feel exactly like those two disciples on the road to Emmaus. We do, we feel despondent. We, we want to know where are you? Why aren't you answering our prayers? Why are you the ruler and the king of Israel? Why would you come to redeem us? Why would you come to save our marriage? Why would you come to set us free? Oh my God, I pray this week that you start to reveal yourself to us in such a place, in such a way, in such a nation. Oh Lord, I want to pray today that, that even our government and, and every church leader and every political leader out there will start to hear your voice. There where they sit, Father, there where they, where they meet, may their hearts start to burn with Jesus. And Father, may doubt no longer be part of who we are, may doubt no longer be part of what we believe but father may we remember the miracles that you've done and know that you are still going to do greater things in the future and our prayers may our prayers change this week not to oh god remember when but oh god thank you so much for what you're about to do and may father you give us the ability to to understand your timing and your purpose and your plan in our lives this morning we're going to take our time with just the family just to pray for the needy. To pray for those that are going through a hard time. To those that have lost their jobs. For those that have lost family members. Those that have lost loved ones. Those that are people in hospital right now. Father, may our faith rise this morning. May our faith rise this morning. May you show yourself to us this morning. May our hearts start to burn for you. And may you meet us at our place of need. I just, I just this morning, just during worship, I just, I just sensed there was someone that was quite suicidal this morning. There was somebody that is watching this morning that, that you don't know if life is worth living anymore. And you've actually turned around and you said, "You know what? Doesn't matter what you. It always works out wrong." Well. There are those of you that have walked away from God and walked away from church because you just don't understand that why can a loving God do or allow what needs what's happening in our country, in the world? And I believe I need to say to you this morning: that God said, "I'm not done with you yet." I'm not done with you yet. So I pray for a time of refreshing over every family. I pray for Sandy in the whole family that are all struggling with COVID. I thank you for those that have come through COVID, those that have survived, those that are sitting amongst us today and they've put their hands in the air. They said, yes, we've made it. May that second chance of life just bring new energy into their lives, Father. And Holy Spirit of God, may you come. May your glory fill the house. I want to pray for those of you that, that need to re your life to God. And I want to say to you, it's not a big thing to do. And I, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not speaking about your salvation. I'm speaking about your prayer. Because your prayer is very simple. Father, that I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that I need you in my life, and I ask that you come and live with me, and come live in me, and create a new heart and a new person, I pray in Jesus' name, that's how simple it is, and I pray that you touch our hearts this week, may we be a testament to you, may we be that voice that this world needs to hear right now, I pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name,